This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, this was uh, this was Friday morning, and of course, we had a busy Friday morning for our show. We were broadcasting live from the Glendive AgriTrade Expo, and so there was a lot of other news that was going on that we uh, took a nice break from Friday morning, and uh, just got a chance to catch up with our friends uh, in Eastern Montana. But one of the things uh, that was uh, that kind of lit up the internet uh, on Friday morning, uh, I simply shared a, a one line. One sentence in a couple of photographs. I, I said this via Twitter. I said, busy week at the Montana legislature. And I think I sent this out maybe maybe last Thursday. Busy week. Oh, no, it was 7.30 in the morning on Friday morning. Busy week at the Montana legislature. And, and I shared a couple of photographs of two of the drag queens who showed up to testify at the Montana legislature. So uh, one of the lawmakers from eastern Montana that we got to catch up with at the Gate Show in Glendive last year, we didn't get to catch up with this year because he's serving in the Montana legislature, but this was uh, uh, Representative Brandon Lear out of Savage, Montana. He has a, a bill uh, to protect kids uh, so they don't get bullied into having to take part in this uh, pronoun game in schools. So just to protect little kids from the forced uh, usage of, of, of pronouns and, and all this other nonsense. Uh, but there's another bill, this is House Bill 359, that would also protect kids uh, from these uh, highly sexualized uh, drag shows. You remember when there were... Uh, protests outside of zoo montana in billings and they filled the parking lot inside with a bunch of -of out-of-staters there to support this radical uh uh uh, drag queen story our agenda targeting kids i went through the parking lot and you saw all these out-of-state plates that were there some out of out of county plates that were there but anyway what this bill says is hey uh it doesn't ban drag shows if if uh, we, we actually had a caller when the the drag queen story hour debate was going on. We had a caller. I think he was from Bozeman, and he said, "He said, look, I, I'm a straight white male. Uh, there's a bar in Bozeman that had a drag show. He went to it, found it entertaining. He said, but it's one thing if an adult goes to one of these shows." It's another thing if you're taking kids to a performance like this. So there was a bill that would say, hey, look, if you're going to have a drag performance, especially one of these highly sexualized uh, drag shows, you got to be at least 18 years old to do it. You know, which is kind of interesting because you got to be 21 to buy uh, to do a whole bunch of other things, but you only got to be 18 to go to a uh, to a drag show. All right, it is what it is. That's what the bill is. The Montana Democrats actually had uh, these uh, drag queens testify at the legislature, full makeup, all kitted out, short skirts, you name it, just like they were there to put on a show inside of a bar, right? But they were at the state legislature, and anyway, you should have seen all the. liberals on twitter get absolutely triggered by the fact that i just shared these photographs and said busy week at the montana legislature i think the reason they got so triggered is they they know just how uh, how montanans are opposed to this radical agenda in my candidate within the first day try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash free that's ziprecruiter.com slash free
broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I should have been more concise so I could have made the point there right before uh, for the first break. But, uh, hey, phone lines are open for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about here on Montana Talks, 406-294-0970. Uh, but two points that I wanted to make here. I simply shared one sentence and two photographs. The one sentence was busy week at the Montana legislature. And the two photographs were, were these photographs of the drag queens who showed up and, you know, fully decked out as if they were going to do a drag show for your kids at a bar in some big city in Montana. It, what's kind of funny about the photo, though, is if you look in the background, uh, the person who has the look on their face, like what in the world is going on here? The person who has the look on their face uh, showing just how bad of a performance this was at the state legislature is the former head of the ACLU in Montana, who who is who is supporting this radical transgender agenda. And even that person is in the background like, what in the world is going on? This is not helping our cause here. But you should have seen all these leftists uh, on the Montana politics hashtag. Oh, how dare you share these photographs? How dare you show these pictures from the drag queens testifying at the Montana legislature. But the point that I wanted to make here and why I wanted to go back to this is let's look back on that testimony. So here you have legislative Republicans looking not to ban drag show performances, but to put limits in place to protect kids. Same thing when it comes to transgender surgeries. They're not they're not banning transgender surgeries. If you're 25 years old and you want to chop off your body parts in the name of gender ideology, you can do it. They're not trying to block you from being able to do so. What they're doing is they're protecting kids from making a decision that might uh, permanently harm them for the rest of their life. That's what they're doing here. But, But I also want to make this point. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but based off of what I've seen, what I've heard from this House hearing in the Montana Capitol on House Bill 359, the Republican lawmakers were very kind, very respectful, uh, and and allowed these drag queens to be heard, no matter what they were wearing, no matter how they were dressed, even if they were dressed in a way that some might find offensive, who were at the state capitol in Helena. Maybe they weren't wearing the normal uh, suit and tie attire that a lot of the people testifying before the legislature are wearing. But may I remind those leftists who got triggered on Twitter, because they didn't like the fact that we shared a couple of photographs of the drag queens testifying before the Montana legislature. Do you remember when a Native American uh, gentleman from Great Falls showed up to testify uh, about two weeks ago? A little over two weeks ago, he's from Browning, Montana, now lives in Great Falls, Native American gentleman. Spoke, uh, spoke up to testify against this radical transgender ideology. He was telling the committee how offended he is by the fact that he sees the left trying to culturally appropriate Native American culture in order to advance this radical transgender agenda. And he was respectfully, politely telling the committee why he feels you know offended by this as a native american man and i i want to highlight this contrast here that one of the democrats on the committee not only tried to silence him 
but tried to have him thrown out of the committee room itself. Tried to have him thrown out of that hearing room altogether. So isn't that isn't isn't this just interesting? And doesn't this just show who the truly tolerant are, and who the intolerant really are? You have Republicans who are simply trying to put measures in place protecting kids, and they were you know p- polite and kind to the drag queens that showed up to testify in the Capitol, and yet press forward ahead with their agenda to protect kids anyway. Meanwhile, you had a legislative Democrat like a white lawmaker from Livingston try to have a Native American man thrown out of the hearing room. They turned, they turned our culture into, you know... Uh, Mr. Chair, I object to this testimony. It's offensive to people in the room. and It's, 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 it's discriminating to the Native people, you know, for us to be, uh, our culture to be utilized in this form. Yeah, and then later on in that same House hearing, uh, towards the end of January, that same lawmaker tried to have that Native American man thrown out of the hearing altogether. Why? Because he was simply saying, hey, you are culturally appropriating Native American culture to try to push your radical transgender agenda, especially what is now targeting kids. And for that, they tried to have him thrown out of the committee hearing room. Uh, yeah, and and isn't it just interesting? And yet, and yet, look at all the coverage. Look at all the coverage the drag queens got. <clears throat> look at all the coverage they get. Look at all the coverage their side gets to push their radical transgender agenda. You got some of the same media propagandists who were cheerleading COVID lockdowns, who were cheerleading mask mandates, who were cheerleading the shutdown of schools, who were cheerleading the shutdown of sports. And, and now they're cheerleading the radical transgender agenda in the same way they, 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 they exhibited their failed uh, uh, coverage of all the COVID lockdowns and mandates. They're doing it with the radical transgender agenda. But a Native American man speaks up and tries to speak out against it, and he gets, he gets blacked out from most of the media in Montana. They don't even talk about it. They don't even cover it. And the Democrats try to get him thrown out of the hearing. Do you see now? Remember, keep spreading the word. Balasta works. Check out the Let's Stay Healthy podcast at letsstayhealthymt.com. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, a big story that broke earlier this morning, foxnews.com. Hunter Biden, an Obama ambassador and Chinese businessman. A very good relationship. Hunter Biden told longtime business partner that he and then Ambassador Max Baucus, quote, have a very, very good relationship and I can ask anything we need. Uh, they've now uh, verified these emails from Hunter Biden's infamous laptop uh, that show emails where Hunter Biden basically details to his disgraced business partner that, hey, when we go to China, we've got Max Baucus. Of course, he's the former Democrat senator from Montana who got put in as as ambassador to China, and he did a short 
two to three year stint as ambassador and then he's basically been cashing in on his business relationships with China ever since. He's on the board of you know Chinese communist companies, etc. But basically in these emails, Hunter Biden says, look, Max Baucus is a family friend. We can ask him for anything we want. Anything we need, we ask him for it. We're going to get it. Uh, that is now detailed in, in these emails. So uh, that's a big story uh, that broke here earlier this morning. Uh, let's go to uh, Donald in Great Falls, I think, wants to talk about this story. Donald, thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks, sir. This is uh, How you doing, Minister of Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're doing a great job. Yeah, I uh, I was in high school with Max Baucus as well and had walked around the state of Montana telling everybody what a great American he was. And he trumped around here for a long time. I mean, he traveled the whole state of Montana walking. And they played that up for everything it was. And, of course, he got elected. But we didn't know any better then until people like you started informing us a little better. But And then he turns out to look at how he sold out our whole country. So, But I just want to mention that. And I'm glad it come out on TV, but I just wanted to make sure that we that was brought up. But you're doing a heck of a job, so God bless you. Donald, isn't it, isn't it, the Max Baucus story is very symbolic of what we're seeing now with John Tester, our, our liberal senator who's up for re-election next year. Would you agree? Yeah, but old Two Bellies wouldn't walk that far. He'd be skinnier than a rail before he got through walking around. <laughs> hey, he's he's a powerhouse. I was talking with former Congressman Denny Reberg, and he's like, "Man, I see him trudging up that hill at Butte for St. Patrick's Day." Uh, you know, <laughs> but but uh, he'd never make the state. <laughs> but no, I think yeah, I think you know what you had to say about former Democrat Senator Max Baucus. Yeah, for forty yeah. years, for forty years, yeah. Montana was stuck with the guy, and he would play this game where he pretends to be where you know it's election year so he pretends to be moderate he'll vote for the bush tax cuts and then after he's reelected then he you know then he goes back to his old game of you know banning uh banning semi-automatic rifles and trying to raise your taxes again and john tester is doing the same thing the guy has been running cover he's been providing cover fire for the communist chinese he's been providing cover fire for the biden administration but oh now he's up for re-election and now he's doing a tour of the high line and he's talking to folks in eastern montana he wouldn't give the time of the day for the last 16 years but now all of a sudden he's got to fake it to make it once again doesn't he he sure does and i tell you but he is an old smoothie i'll tell you what they should sharpen his teeth because he's a fake so i appreciate what you're doing maybe we can inform enough people that will wake up and not vote for him this time and get some good guys in matt rosendale's doing a wonderful job yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Donald. Great, to, great to hear from you. Uh, yeah, uh, John Jackson, who's joined us uh, time to time from the show. I mean, he he made the point. He's he's on Twitter. He's got about seventy thousand plus followers. Uh, Donald, thanks for the call, Andy. And you know, he made the point that over the weekend. Where were we getting our information from? It was uh, it was Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale uh, who was updating folks. Hey, here's what I heard from the Department of Defense. Of course, you know, Haver, Montana is part of that Eastern Congressional District, so uh, he should be one of the first people to be getting information out of the Biden administration. But uh, but yeah, that that's what we're seeing out, out of John Tester right now. He's pretending to talk tough about China, and he's got he's got gullible folks in the media who will eat out of his hand whenever he shows up. And, and the guy's too chicken to come on here and take your phone calls and take your questions and answer to the people of, Mont, uh, of Montana. 
Now, um, now our, our friends in eastern Montana, they, they have thrown some good questions his way. So, so not everybody. I'm, when I say gullible media, I'm not, I'm not talking about everybody, but uh, I'm just saying, you know, by and large, when you get the newspaper coverage, when you get the TV, uh, TV stations, they basically just copy and paste and print whatever, whatever John Tester sends, uh, sends their way. Uh, Montana Senator Steve Daines was on Sean Hannity's program yesterday, uh, and and I th- what he had to say was very interesting. It was very interesting insight uh, with uh, Senator Daines on with Sean Hannity. One of the questions that uh, that one of our listeners sent our way, they they raised. I think this was a listener in Billings that sent us a message on our Montana Talks app yesterday. Hey, uh, do we know that the U.S. military did indeed? Start for start tracking this China spy balloon over the Aleutian Islands, or did they not even know about it until people on the ground in Montana alerted them uh, to that fact? Uh, listen to this back and forth between Sean Hannity and Senator Daines yesterday. I, I can't, for the life of me, understand how we would have such a vulnerability that our own government never even picked up that the balloon was flying all over the U.S. How is that possible? Well, you know, Sean, when we get to the bottom of this, and this is why we're insisting on information, uh, I think we're going to find out the incredible weakness of this administration. Uh, There is no doubt in my mind uh, there was a chance to take a shot when it came into U.S. airspace over the Aleutian Islands. They violated our sovereign airspace. This is a big deal, and the, the administration wouldn't take the shot. It reminds me, Sean, of Back when Barack Obama was in the White House, when you talk to the, the commanders over fighting against ISIS on the war on terror, if they want to take a shot at a terrorist, one of these jackpot targets, you know, some well-known uh, leader in ISIS, they had to run it through all these chains of command all the way back to Washington, D.C., and by the time they got clearance from the White House to take the shot, the target moved. They've got to have trust in the military, empower them to do what's right. That's what Trump did, by the way. He delegated decision-making down to lower levels so they can move quickly. That's what you got to do. you got to trust the military. But this White House, I think they're probably, they were under a fetal position under their desks, wondering what to do about this Chinese spy balloon. And they said they didn't want it to, to, you know, to, to strike any, uh, any collateral damage on the ground. Sean, they, they got to see what's over the state of Montana. The biggest risk he would have had was hitting a cow, a prairie dog, or an antelope. Now, is it the fact that the Biden administration was too afraid to take the shot? Are they, are they in fear of the Chinese, or is something else going on that, here? That was the- or, or is something else going on here? Before I get to the next caller here, and the number for you, 294-0970, we've got the lines open right now. Uh, before I get to our next caller, I want to play very briefly for you here. I caught up with Sam Fattis, a former CIA operations officer, and I asked him this question because this is what uh, some of our callers are saying as well. I heard, I think it was Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. He straight up said that he believes the Biden, uh, that Joe Biden is compromised when it comes to the communist Chinese. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Look, I, I don't understand. Well, I do understand because it's partisan politics. But listen, uh, how much more evidence do you need of the fact that we have a major problem here? The man has taken tens of millions of dollars in Chinese communist money. Uh, the contacts that have provided that money, many of them are known 
to to be part of Chinese intelligence apparatus. Uh, every time we turn around, we find another stack of classified documents that he carried out of secure spaces. Uh, when he left the vice presidency, he went to work to run the Penn Biden Center, which is basically a propaganda outlet for the Chinese communists, taking millions more from them. Uh, that's the guy who you're going to rely on to make the decisions in America's interests when the Chinese move on Taiwan. So, uh, <laughs> well, if, if you sleep well at night after thinking through all that, you should not. That's a retire, uh, former CIA special operations officer, Sam, uh, Sam Fat, or yeah, operations officer, Sam Fattis. He now is the editor of A.N.D. and magazine. And uh, yeah, full audio on our Montana Talks website right now where he details how a spy balloon could even could be even more beneficial for uh, Chinese intelligence than their satellites. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, let's go to Gary in Billings next up on the phone lines. Gary, what's going on? Good morning, Aaron. Thanks for taking my call. I don't know if you've seen the latest uh, propaganda about uh, Georgia appointed a committee to investigate the phone call that Donald Trump made to the election judge about getting 11,000 more votes. And, and now uh, there's a judge has allowed that phone call to be released to the public. And so when you look at all the pressure that Donald Trump has gone through, for our country, do you think that Dickie Haley could take that pressure and stand up like Donald Trump does? Yeah, the, well, the truth is we don't know, right? Yeah, Nikki Haley, former U.N. ambassador, announced her run for president uh, earlier today, right? Uh, and, or was it yesterday? Uh, but anyway, heard, heard the news on the radio this morning. The truth is, we don't know. Maybe she could, maybe she couldn't. But but we know Donald Trump will stand up and, and fight back. We know Ron DeSantis will, too. Yeah, well, it's, it's so sad that everything that he could do for our country, they don't want that. They want to destroy us. And uh, so I just feel that people have got to understand how much we're being affected by the Biden administration. And so I appreciate you allowing me to express my opinion, and hopefully um, we will find a way to lead our country back. Yeah. You know, I had an interesting question uh, uh, or thought uh, posed my way from Sally in northeastern Montana. I got an email after the show yesterday from Sally in northeastern Montana wondering about this sudden onset of being informed about spheres and octagons in our skies. Anyway, uh, basically, she's wondering if they're trying to uh, not let a good crisis go to waste once again. That's a quick summary. I'll read the message after this. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. Doug McAlpick, the new agriculture trade boss at the U.S. Trade Representative's office, says he's given Mexico until February 14th to explain the science behind the country's planned ban on GMO corn products. The response will help the agency decide the next steps to resolve the long-running disagreement over Mexico's biotechnology policies when it comes to agriculture. The next steps could include escalating the dispute settlement process under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. If it continues, the dispute threatens to disrupt the billions of dollars worth of corn trade between the U.S. and Mexico. McAlpick says Mexico rejected 14 ag product traits that were submitted to them 
and they didn't provide any justification. Today's program is brought to you by the Montana Farmers Union. For more, visit the Montana Farmers Union online. In other news, the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago released its quarterly ag letter showing that the district saw a strong annual increase of 12% in farmland values during 2022. The Fed says although the result may seem like a letdown after an even larger increase in 2021, Last year's annual gain was the second largest in the past 10 years, making it even more difficult for farmers and ranchers to expand or for first-generation producers to make a go of it in the countryside. I'm Lee Northland. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, uh, 406-294-0970 is the number. Write that number down, though, because our, during that break, all of our, our lines filled up. But as we say goodbye to a caller, we can then say hello to you. Uh, or you can send us a quick message on our Montana Talks app. So this is a very good question. This came in from Sally in uh, northeastern Montana. and doesn't say which town she's listening in, but I can tell by the email address. It's a, it's a northeastern Montana one. Sally says this, the sudden onset of being informed about spheres and octagons in our skies, whether a planned onslaught or conveniently timed aeronautical occurrences, could become a handy or timely emergency situation for those in power to not let go to waste. The global order guru types are anxiously awaiting another major reason to mandate a shutdown of sorts to once again commandeer our activities and our choices with a new set of rules to follow, restricting our travel, restricting our thoughts, creating a new set of fears, limiting our freedoms. And then Sally says this, I do know my feelings of security as an American citizen under the protection of the U.S. military and Pentagon have diminished substantially recently. That's what Sally uh, has to say here. What, what, Sally, you mean You mean uh, the Pentagon kicking thousands of troops to the curb, uh, thousands of patriots to the curb? You mean the, 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 you know, the Pentagon not meeting recruitment deadlines because of the woke BS? You mean the, the, the Biden-installed leaders are not inspiring much confidence uh, yeah, after the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal and all the other woke nonsense? No, Sally, thanks for that message. I think that's a good point Sally makes there, too. I think something for us to be cautious of here is that I, I'm hearing all these even Republican politicians saying, we need to hear from the president. We need to hear from the commander in chief. And I'm just sitting here thinking, well, do we? I mean, I get what they're saying. They're saying we need to hear from a president. We need to hear from a Ronald Reagan. We need to hear from a Donald Trump. But uh, but at this point, like, you know, I think the concern Sally is raising here is is if Joe Biden wades into this, will he just simply use this as another crisis to push his agenda uh, uh, forward? Uh, so I think it's I think it's a good question. Uh, Jeff and Polson next up on the phone lines. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, good morning again, Aaron. Good morning. Uh, back after 9-11, Montana stood up what is now known as the Montana Analysis and Technical Information Center. It's a fusion center for uh, information and intelligence from all sorts of federal agencies to uh, 
provide uh, support within the state to the governor and uh, and the, the National Guard and all, all the entities within the state. And I have not heard anybody report anything about whether or not the Matic got any information on this earlier, um, what their response was. Did they brief Governor Gianforte? And uh, since it falls under the Department of Justice, uh, the Attorney General, um, you know, that's a question that popped up in my mind is where was the MATIC, M-A-T-I-C, in all of this? Hmm. Yeah, you would think if there's this fusion cell of federal, state, local officials to uh, keep people apprised of intelligence involving national security or other types of situations that might require uh, some sort of response. But yet the governor was on Fox News uh, and made the point that this, this spy balloon was hundreds of miles into Montana airspace before he was even alerted of its presence. So so did the feds just not share that information in the fusion center that is all there to share information, uh, as, as you put it there? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, the... Uh I know they do a lot of drug-related work um, and, uh, you know, border stuff. Uh, but this, to, to me, would be something where they would have, logically have some sort of connection with NORAD being a, uh, a country border state that uh, we used to have a bunch of radars along our border that would monitor uh, the air picture uh, or the North American continent for NORAD. So, uh where was NORAD? How are they tied to NORAD? What? It just seems like a failure, and I think it begs some questions inside the state as to uh, what happened. No, great question all around. Jeff, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Uh, 294-0970. Uh, to me, the other thing that, that would be interesting here is, uh, you know, I'm not in the National Guard anymore. I used to be. I did a, a few deployments uh, with, with the National Guard. But... Uh, you know, they're talking about creating, you know how we have the Space Force now. Uh, I've been reading that now they're also trying to create uh, a National Guard component for the Space Force as well. Just like we have the Air National Guard or the Army National Guard, they're looking at creating a Space Force version of that. So uh, certainly from a Montana standpoint, I could see how that could be, how Montana would be a prime location uh, for some Space Force-style uh, National Guard assets as well as getting things like our fighter jets ba back here under the Air Guard as well. Just a, just a random thought that came to mind there after that phone call. Susan in Missoula, always great to hear from you. Hey there. We're getting dumped on with snow. I don't know if you're getting dumped on in Billings. Yeah, we're same here. Yeah. Yep, same here. Um, <clears throat> I don't know whether this is a solution or not, but I do think that all of us need to call Mr. John Tester and remind him that we have a demented president who probably is not the one calling the shots, which is the reason we have not heard from him. I do not think that he has the ability to speak. Um, I don't know if Jill Biden is actually the president or Susan Rice or Barack Obama. Somebody is the president, but it is not uh, Mr. Biden, who obviously has serious cognitive problems. And I'm going to give the phone number out, not only for John Tester, but I am recommending that you call the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, like I have been doing, to urge him to be more vocal. And we know that if there had been 
the tables return, uh, reversed, and if Mr. Trump had been in this position, which we know would not have happened because the communists would not have been giving Trump this kind of trouble. But if they were reversed, the Democrats would have been screaming like a cat with its tail caught in the door. But anyway, uh, John Tester's phone number is 202-228-6269. And please always be polite, but be emphatic that you want him to call the President uh, Biden on the carpet over this. Also, Speaker of the House, 202-225-4000. We as Montanans, because our entire airspace was compromised, need to speak up. And I really compliment Matt Rosendale, um, Ryan Zinke and Steve Dane for their emphatic uh, ten- tenacity in this issue. Yeah. yeah, they're they're demanding real accountability here. All John Tester is doing is trying to look tough because he's up for re-election next year, and and uh, and some in the media are just uh, just you know running right along with that fake news narrative uh, for sure. Susan, always a pleasure. Thanks for the phone call. Before the next break, let's sneak on Ted. Uh, Ted in Billings. Ted, what's your thoughts? Ted, are you there? We might have lost Ted, or he's on mute there. I'm hearing a little noise in the background. Okay, uh, Ted going once, going twice. All right, uh, next up then, after the break, let's see. We will get to uh, we'll get to Derek Skies out of Billings. I would go to you right now, Derek, but we got about uh, uh, 25 seconds, and I know you're going you're gonna to need a little bit more time than that. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to Derek Skies on the phone lines after this and more of your phone calls as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, um, that Sam Faddis, that CIA interview that I, a former CIA guy that I interviewed yesterday, there's another story by our friend Peter Christian on our Montana. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios, trusted by the Northwest, Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Serving the great state of Montana, from the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I didn't actually refresh my messages here, so uh, I thought that Ted was on uh, line one, but it was actually Beth in Cascade. Uh, so let's now go to Beth in Cascade, and then we'll get to Derek Skies right after uh, her. Beth, thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Uh, good morning, Aaron. Um I have a kind of a question, and I'm, I'm in kind of a quandary here, but uh, this has to do with all the military personnel and all government workers and civilians in government jobs. And don't they take an oath to honor, protect, and defend our country, America, the United States of America? And more, and even and more uh, specific, our Constitution, yeah. Yeah. Didn't Did this president take this oath? This is a question. But this is what I want to get at. The president is the commander-in-chief of all the military personnel, correct? Correct. Uh-huh. So the commander-in-chief would be uh, their boss. And if a soldier, let's just say a lower-ranked soldier, any soldier, would take the same oath uh, and... Uh, 
if he or they or she were charged with, say, treason, uh, he would be tried, or they would be, in a military court uh, for treason. And if the court went through, which would be uh, probably the hardest uh, court, would be your general court-martial. And um, if they were found guilty of treason, uh, I think the penalty for that is death. So my question and uh, I'm offended because each and every military person takes this oath, and this has got to be just. And they get I don't treated, know, and they get treated like they get treated like dirt. They get kicked to the curb right. over this over this vaccine. If if they is, if they even had a fraction of the classified material that Joe Biden snuck out of the the secure facility in the United States Senate when he was a senator, they would get raked over the coals. And yet Joe Biden gets away with it. And 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 yet uh, the Senate Democrats like John Tester will not hold him accountable. I mean, Tester's trying to talk tough on China now. But look, but long before the spy balloon invaded our airspace over Montana, the Mexican drug cartels have invaded on the ground. And what has John Tester done about that? Uh, John Tester has done absolutely nothing significant. Uh, he'll do these measures to try to make it look like he's doing something, but at the end of the day, he's just providing cover fire for the Biden administration and the cartels to completely have a run on our southern border. Same thing with the skies above. Beth, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Derek Skies next up. Uh, Derek, thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Montana. Excellent show, as usual, my friend. And just a real quick side, I had an Axe Max bumper sticker on my truck until it disintegrated. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, anyhow, uh, I just wanted to say is uh, that Representative Bishop is the one that you were playing earlier that uh, that wanted to silence the opinion of that young man from Browning. Well, right now in Helena, she's introducing a bill that would repeal every single piece of of anti-abortion legislation passed in Montana. This woman out of Townsend, Park County, God bless you folks, you need to stop voting for that woman. Livingston, yeah, yep. Oh, thank you. She's trying to to create a situation where a a school nurse can give your child the the morning-after pill without consulting you. She, She believes that a partial birth abortion, a child could be born and have its spine snipped before it's delivered. She believes you can have an abortion in the final trimester, and that's what she's doing right now, trying to bring that bill and get that bill passed in Montana. I I just thought it was ironic that you were talking about her this morning. I just wanted Montana to understand really how bad this woman is. She is a radical leftist, and and the the, the folks that, that vote for her, they really need to watch what she's doing this morning. And if you have any inkling that abortion is actually murder, then a vote for this woman is contrary to your faith and your beliefs. And they want to force they, they want to force nurses and doctors not only to have to perform abortions, even uh, late term abortions, as you describe. They want to be able to force force nurses and doctors to take part in chopping body parts off of healthy kids in the name of this radical transgender agenda. And you know, and 
and, and this just shows the, the Californication of Livingston that occurred pre-pandemic, where you had these latte liberals from Seattle and San Francisco move in and change the political dynamics on the ground in Livingston, which is why the rodeo didn't even take place in 2020 in Park County, because the county commission went left. And uh, and I know that the post uh, the post covid uh, newcomers are, are refugees who finally fled those blue states. But pre covid, we, we were Californicated by the Seattle and San Francisco liberals and and that uh, white liberal who tried to silence the Native American man is the perfect case in point. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to keep Montana informed. And, and another thing, too, about the balloon, here's a wild thought. I, I agree with you guys. 100%. We should have been shot down over the, over the Pacific, over there by the Aleutians. But but imagine this. What, what if China, who's you know the, the, the gene manipulators on the world, what if they, they send the next balloon over and it's got a bunch of stuff in it that can make everybody super sick, knowing that everybody here now wants those balloons shot down, and that idiot Biden, who, by the way, is the Manchurian president, decides to shoot it down over the continental United States, and then we get spread whatever the Chinese put on that, that crap. I mean, it's... It's amazing how precarious our situation anything could is in be America. on anything could be on these yeah. uh, these objects or these balloons over our airspace, which is why you don't let him in in the first place. All right, Derek, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Sorry, we're out of time for now.